0: Hey guys, welcome to the PR Podcast, a show designed to keep you up to date with PR Ministries. My name is Michelangelo Guido. I'm the son of Michael Rocco and Celeste Allen Guido, the founders of PR, a ministry formed to pursue relationships, cultivate creativity, and encourage reconciliation on earth as it is in heaven. In this episode, I have both my parents together, and we discuss the early days of PR and the transition from living in Los Angeles, surrounded by their friends and relatives, to starting anew in Franklin, Tennessee. My parents talk about how they came to start their prayer group, a collection of families that still meets to this day to pray for, encourage, and challenge each other through life's difficulties and victories. They also talk about how they made PR an official nonprofit ministry and how they began to meet friends that would join their board and help direct and shape their mission. Two minor hiccups from this recording one, my mom repeats a story from episode two. I didn't mention it when it was happening because she rarely repeats herself. Uh, Plus, some people might have missed episode two anyways. Hiccup two, I definitely got the history of the hymn Amazing Grace mixed up in my head. Uh, Thankfully, I had my wife there to correct me and get the correct song title, It Is Well With My Soul. So if you know the hymn It Is Well With My Soul and haven't heard the story of Horatio Spafford and his family... Please look it up. It gets to the point of how essential songwriting is to the human expression and dealing with deep pain. Anyways, uh, my parents appreciate all of your prayers and support as they minister to others. So if you're interested in giving to PR, learning about the ministry, or want to send them a note, uh, go to www.prministries.com and all the info you need is there. Thanks for listening to the PR podcast and supporting my parents in all they do. May God bless you as you continue to be reconciled to him. And those around you Hey guys. Hi. Um, morning. We just and had some ready? breakfast here in the Guido home. Uh, many breakfasts been had at that table. Um just next time we're we gonna... just slurped. Oh, good. <laughs> That's also a, a breakfast classic from Dad. Oh, Dad just <laughs> sealed his mouth shut. Um, next time we might just do it at breakfast. That might be a good idea. Got some good tidbits from there. Oh, um, get around a meal. I love you guys. Thanks for giving us time and
1: love you, buddy. Thank
0: you for doing it up your house. You're the
1: best. Mary
0: um, Beth,
2: for coming over. Got yeah. my
0: wife, Mary Beth, here. Say hello. Hello. We're
2: all Wish just hanging. We've a lot of breakfast. But they're they're more fun when Mary Beth comes over. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that's the an answer. Mary prayer. Beth's more they're touching the an answered prayer there yes. for you. And I love when all the family has a so That's a good. Thing.
0: Um. So we're gonna talk about we got both your stories the past couple of times, and so we're gonna talk about you together Woo-hoo! and moving to Tennessee and the transition and what that was like. But mm. let's um, pray, Mom. You want to pray this time? Then we sure. all three will have pray.
1: Lord, thank you so much for this moment in time. Help us to be present in it. We thank you for our son wanting to get these stories down. And we just ask you, Father, God, be glorified in these podcasts that you would just be lifted up and that we would give you all honor and praise in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. All right. So, the year is 1989. You guys... Both grew up in Southern California, very different than Franklin, Tennessee. Um, you guys are coming out with two little, little guys, Johnny and me. Um, can you guys tell me spiritually the difference between, you know, living in, in the two different places and then also just, you know, what the transition is like? Cause every, I mean... In hindsight, it seems clear, but I know in the midst of it, it's kind of um, crazy, chaotic. Um,
1: well, we we were born and raised in Southern California, and we loved it growing up, but we decided early on in our marriage that we really didn't want to raise a family there. We felt like it was a busy, rushed time in our lives, and we just decided that If we were going to do family, we wanted to do it in a slower uh, paced area. And so our friend Michael W. Smith had, from the beginning of our marriage, kept saying, just come out to Franklin. Come and see. Come and watch the leaves change. Right, babe?
2: Yeah, he basically said, you got to get out of the rat race. And, um... So we basically were just encouraged to move. And we started looking on the practical note for a bigger home since we had you two boys and Nicole. But we thought, wow, our our family's growing. We we only have two bedrooms, 900 square feet, beautiful old 1919 home. But what are we going to do? So we went looking at houses and it's like for what we needed was ridiculous. When we came out here. You got five times a home for one third of the cost, mm-hmm. you know. So that was a part of it. But she was more excited to move than I was because suddenly God had restored my business after all that I went through in my prodigal lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and your ministry with Striper
0: had begun, begun kind of in the past couple of years, right?
2: So basically, um, while I was doing the tile, I'd use tile, money from the tile business to go out with Striper or um, any artist that I... Well, really, it was just Striper at first. And then the miracle of how I introduced, uh, got introduced to Smitty was through Dan Harrell uh, on the streets of New York. That was a crazy story. And so that led to me introducing Michael to Striper. And they sang on Eye to Eye, All You're Missing is a Heartache. So that's when I came out the first time and I fell in love with it. But then we came when they won, a, uh, they won a, a Dove Award, and she fell in love with Franklin. She went, oh, we got to move. I'm going, gosh, the business is just really growing. Was
0: that your first time in Franklin, was coming for that?
2: Yeah, yeah. well, coming, I, I came out. No, I came once before we met. Mm-hmm. Right before we met, I came with Nicole because Smitty told me to come out here. Oh, and yeah. so I came with Nicole. I'll never forget. It started raining. I put her in the front seat with Smitty, and I sat in the back with the luggage. (laughs) And then we stayed at his house when he lived over in Westmead. So anywhere I went, I took Nicole. Anywhere I went by myself, I went, because I decided I wanted to be a good father. And
1: And he is a good father. He's a good, good father. What I wanted to say about the move was that Um, it was a whole different life story here. Life change here. We didn't, you know, we weren't used to not a big city life. And here we come, the two city slickers, you know, with our two little, (laughs) our two little rugrats. And, you know, we had never experienced snow. We'd never experienced, you know. Cold temperature. Winter. (laughs) We had no jackets. I mean it was it was pretty it was pretty I funny. had to
2: borrow a top coat and I'll never forget the top coat wearing it to the airport and right before <laughs> I left I bought wood from a guy and I had him deliver it. I go, Yeah, we're from Oh, from LA dumb dumb thing to say <laughs> don't tell anybody from LA. Uh, anyway uh, so we go to the airport and we're realizing wow this is really different and it was interesting too like spiritually what like you said how different it was was because there was just a real nicety of people mm-hmm. and a slower pace but you you'd come and you'd have to debrief like that's mm-hmm. not where I live mm-hmm. I live here mm-hmm. you know you just we watched
1: the news the first time we we got our TV all hooked up and weather guy came on and spoke, and then let's let's That's go perfect. to traffic. And the lady goes, "Oh, there is no traffic." <laughs> Onto the and we're and, leaving L. And we were like, "Did she just say there was no traffic? Oh, it, man. Like, there's none here?" I mean, it's a little different now, but like yeah, back then.
2: thirty years now. And, and getting back to the fathering, the one thing I want to do is be a good father. So the thing was that. I I would leave mom uh, the last one of the big jobs I had. It was a huge job at, at LAX, near LAX, a bunch of townhomes. I'd have to leave at 4 a.m. to get there by 7. So you guys were asleep when I left. Oh, wow. And to get back through traffic, I wouldn't get home till 7 p.m. And my heart was crushed. I go, I never get to be with my kids. Mm-hmm. And so, so I that was a big, no matter story. how successful the business was, I said, We, so then I thought we would. You know, come here and I'd start a tile company here. And then maybe I'll have two companies, one here, one there. Then God just said, you're going to step up by faith totally, a holy Mm -hmm. work that I'm going to take all the glory for. (laughs)
0: Well, that's, yeah, as someone newly married and expecting a baby next month, I'm definitely looking back to your story as inspiration for being in faith because, yeah, you guys didn't know how God was going to provide, but
1: still don't still in the
0: same house
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know we just
2: know he will
1: yeah mm-hmm. and
0: he's still providing He's doesn't he stop
1: when um, we were looking around for the house I have to tell a funny story the real estate guy was um just this good old country boy Mike Jones and he picked us up in his pickup truck and we went looking around houses and I looked in the back and there was like blood all over the back of the bed and I was like what's going on he said oh it's deer hunting and I got a really big deer. I was like, you got you got to get out, get me out of this car. I can't be in this car. And so he had to go switch cars out because I couldn't sit. She
2: killed Bambi. You
1: just killed Bambi. And I'm sitting in the front where he was in the back and he's dead.
2: Oh, she, man. And One it day she called the police because she saw guys in camouflage. She thought they were like terrorists.
1: Yeah. <laughs> called 911. It's always so hunting season. I go, there's a big ma'am. field in our backyard. Oh, and wow. I go, there's people in camouflage. I think through. we're, I think we're being attacked. And she yeah. was like... Um, it's deer season and are you not from this area? (laughs) You don't
0: have a draw to Mm -mm. your voice. And so there's one other story that I really like, uh, when you're opening a bank account in, uh, Franklin, this was the day when, when you made a deposit, you're actually depositing cash
1: was so, like a mafioso move to
2: me. Well, like um, all the relationships I had were introduced by Smitty because he's the only person we knew. We, you talk about moving by faith, we knew one person, <laughs> two, Michael and Debbie. That's
0: awesome. And
2: they both loved us so well. And we used to have a Bible study here in this living room, in this home. And uh, then we, that's how I got to meet more and more people. But
1: He shared his banker with us.
2: We, so he says, yeah, he shared his Mike Jones, a realtor. He's our, uh, our insurance man that I've never met yet, but he's been our insurance man for 26 years. What? We talk on the phone. I can't believe i still never met him in person. What's his name? Uh, uh, Mickey, Mickey Martin. Martin. Okay. Was Cook Mickey Martin's Martin. or Frost and whatever. <laughs> so, anyway. Banker guy. So I go to the bank and it's Ron Samuels and I walk in and he's the president of, at the time, Dominion Bank, I think it was, downtown by the Bat Building right there. hmm uh, so I walk in and she goes, oh, Mr. Sam is ready to meet with you. I have my Zero Halliburton, which is a stainless steel, really from my Cooking pre-Jesus days. days, my drug <laughs> days. Uh, so I look, you know, my name's Guido. I'm meeting this Southern gentleman and I'm telling my whole testimony. I'm mad, dude, you're not going to believe it, man. I come from a tiny family. I'm just lost in the world. Just, yeah. I He's said, calling man, and security. God is so, and Michael's told me this guy's a believer. So every, again, the spiritual difference is, to me, a believer is from L.A., when you get saved, it's not like a buffet thing. It's your whole life because mm-hmm. you're up against whatever. And it's, it's the same here, but it's different, right? So the, uh, the, no, I'm yeah. expecting him to be like following me and tracking in the spirit. And I'm just telling my testimony. But he's listening in the natural. Obviously, he has to. He's a businessman. So, I from my business would anytime I could get cash, I would put it in this little safe in our garage, that little night, And I had this briefcase full of cash $80,000 worth of cash. You talk about <laughs> stupid. And I'm so I go in to the bank and I tell them my whole story and how I used to do drugs and God set me free and I love Jesus and I'm all excited. And I go, so I'd like to open an account with you. And I click, click, did it, do did the combo, open it up. And there's all this cash. He goes, um, just give me a minute. And he goes back. so he tells me that he called me. Uh, Michael, um, this Guido character, is he all right? Or is he like thinking I was mafia or something?
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, do I need to check these bills? Yeah, yeah. Like, is this
2: laundering? But it really was. And then we watched all that go. To the point where we had nothing. We had no money. And we've seen it number of times. You've seen it in your, as you're an adult. Um, I mean, literally, I'll never forget calling Uncle Bob. And I didn't know what I was doing. I, did, I, I wanted to cry as a grown man. We were trying to figure out how to buy Not furniture. You. And we had no idea. And as I moved here by faith, things got worse. The company was because there's no need for me, the people in California are thinking, Well, you know, how are you gonna run your company from there? And so there was just a real all out assault. So one thing that God gave us as a verse before we left was Exodus. Great deliverance story, except there were ten plagues. <laughs> so we went through a number of challenges.
1: Yeah. And each each and plague was like
2: Yeah, a and baby God's cave. faithful deliverance.
0: <laughs> and you got you guys touched on uh, how coming here religiously is different Because so many people profess Christianity What was that like Where you're, you know You're radically saved And talking about, you know turn Well, I'll tell you a story I'll tell you a
1: story about a Bible study I was in I got into a Bible study With a bunch of Southern women which Who I love to death I love Southern people <laughs> They were like, oh my gosh, you're from California Tell They're us your so testimony gracious.
2: They're so nice, it was so refreshing
1: yeah, and so I start telling it's my, like, my testimony, which, you know, for me, I know my ratings. Like, okay, this is a G rating testimony. There's a, you know, I've got to like, think you can it. deep Yeah, I've got to think it through. So I just start telling, like, sharing my testimony, and people are just bawling. They just can't even believe somebody could live the life that they'd live. And this one woman came up to me after. She was like, I just wish, I just wish I had that testimony because I know that God... I was like, are you kidding me? Like, that was like the worst, like, up, you know, like of all things, I would wish I'd have her testimony of mm. not having the trauma and all the stuff going on and know God the way she did. But you know, if
0: just, I was you, then you'd be yeah. me. And then <laughs>
1: who
2: would we be?
0: <laughs> then
2: you wouldn't know, know who you were.
0: Uh, but no, that's, that's true. Cause it's. I kind of feel that growing up in a Christian family, um, at least for a while. I was like, I don't feel like I have a testimony. Oh, gosh. I feel like I just have always kind of known God. And then uh, <laughs> the more the more you experience life, then you're like, well, this is my story. Yeah. And it's definitely hard in its own way. But, I de- yeah, it's, it's hard to compare like that.
2: How about your Salmonella story, Michael? How about your testimony of faith, encountering God in the hospital that you yeah. didn't eat for a week? Almost yeah. died. Mm-hmm. And you no, talk there's, about, yeah there's yeah
0: there's plenty of trials we've gone through with depression and um, losing close friends before there's their time and
1: almost losing your brother
0: yeah and Jordan losing her son last last year it's already almost been a year and it's everyone's everyone's got their own yeah hurts and testimony and um, and and
2: that's one thing that for the people who are listening need to know We read this morning about suffering. He was a man of sorrows. And I read it to Mom, and I'd love to read it to you later, whenever you want. But he's a man acquainted with grief. This is Jesus. This is the God we put our trust in. He is a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Mm -hmm. But when you read in context what he said he would do to make us sons and heirs, so we would have the joy of salvation. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that joy of salvation, and you've got... Like we said christianity or southern faith or western faith because there's a lot of christians in la don't don't get me wrong there's a lot of christians in la that just their whole faith is based on listening to teachings and you know you can medicate in the word of god you can medicate in devotions you can medicate in booze drugs whatever but i think the worst medication is trying to escape god's presence Mm. and he wants you to be in his presence so what unfortunately it says god chose the good plan to allow his son to suffer a good plan,
1: mm-hmm. but
2: you got to read on what he said. The good plan was for the joy of salvation. Yeah, so we all have suffering. And mom and I talked about with this with friends, Michael, you lost a friend in kindergarten, mm-hmm, Jonathan lost Dylan, hmm Jordan lost friends. Danielle had a friend that died of suicide. And then you had all the drama in our family with all the thing we've all experienced.
0: You can't I, escape you can't, you escape, can't pain. escape the No. Suffering. But you can run to God who's acquainted with it, which daily light is what you gave me, right? Mm-hmm. The yes. devotional they talked about that how Jesus um right. took on the suffering, the suffering mm-hmm. so that he could be acquainted with Today's. it and mm-hmm. uh knows what we're capable of and Right. Um yeah, um as good one other thing I wanted to ask about the move before we talk more about the community you guys built here is um, what was it like because all of I mean literally almost all of your family was and almost still is in Southern California so what was that like to because I think we you talked a little bit about with your family dad moving from Chicago how your parents moving from Chicago is a big deal Eventually, more people moved to LA, so that there was more community. I think
2: they moved to get away from. There's still a lot of
0: people, a family in Chicago, but um, so then there's you guys, which watching early Christmas videos. You guys were going to probably ten houses in one day (laughs) to visit family all around LA. Um, That's part of the move. So yeah, what was that like to move here? And then you guys are, you know, you have. The oh, sm- yeah. The Smiths. We yeah. took
1: our... Um, we took the only grandkids away from my mom, which was really tough. Mm. Jonathan was her first grandbaby, and you were her second. Which, so that was tough. Um, we also had um, dad's parents who were very ill, and it wasn't mm. shortly after that we left California that both his mom and dad passed away. Mm. So we not only left our family, but we also had to say goodbye to our um, mom and dad. And, uh, yeah, it was tough. It was There were many nights, you know, I remember being pregnant and thinking, wow, I wish my mom lived closer, that mm-hmm. I could at least talk to her about this, or she'd be there when the baby came. And Jordan was our first baby born here, and it was tough because my mom was a working mom. She's the only grandparent left, and she couldn't be here. Mm-hmm. So I really did rely on my good friends and even their moms. Their moms became surrogate moms. Debbie's mom, and Debbie Severance. Smith, yeah. and Severance was there at the birth of Jordan.
2: With her husband.
1: And um, so, yeah, it was tough. It was, there were many, many lonely moments of we couldn't fly back and forth as easily. You know, it was with financial pressures. So we would drive sometimes. We'd yeah. Take road trips to go see them. But yeah, it was definitely hard.
2: Yeah. And, you know, like, after they passed, Ann and Murray were at the birth of Jordan. And um, they had the the Holy Spirit really, you know, had told them to be there, like because they knew we had no family. So when we first moved... Here, you know, you would get lonely at times. And we do videos with you kids to send to my dad and Mm -hmm. send to my mom, my dad for Father's Day, my mom for Mother's Day. But um, one of the things that was so difficult is my dad had been sick before I left uh, because he had a really hard life. And he died at 62. My mom died at like 65. Mm. So but the thing that was hard, the first thing that happened that was where death began to hit us was Bummer died. Our dog, our dog, <laughs> mm-hmm. our dog Bummer, uh, died. And and then shortly after that, my dad got really sick. And I'll never forget trying to get home. Again, provision. Where does the provision come from? And we had no way to get home. And I go, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get home. And someone had promised uh, they would help. And that didn't happen. Again, if you put your trust in anyone, you're going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. He alone's the one that you put your trust in. Prayed and miraculously, I got a ticket. To get to, to Arizona where my dad was dying. And she, uh, I told her it's close. She packed up her and Nicole and all the you kids and drove three days straight to get wow. there to us. I think they only stopped once. And then my dad passed. And the first funeral I did as a pastor was my dad's. Really? Yeah, second funeral was my mom's. <laughs> wow. Well, I did one for Bummer too. but <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, was, that was an unofficial one. Yeah. Um,
2: well, but death and suffering, this is what I want to say. You know, mom and I talked before you guys got here. If you don't have the view of salvation, that it is eternally true that this is not your home, you are going to try and make it your home. You're going to try and get comfortable. You're going to build your family. You're going to try and make a safe nest. You do all these things. And, and, and you know, the greatest thing that could happen, that would be the greatest tragedy is got to let you have success Mm -hmm. because you'll have success and you'll be, you'll be so distant from dependence. You know, a guy told me on a plane once; I'll never forget Noel Jones, Grace Jones's brother and his sweetest brother, and he he goes, desperation brings revelation. Mm-hmm. you got to be desperate. Mm. And if you're not desperate for God, then you get comfortable. But you can be content, and God can show up in ways that will yeah. blow you away. So we didn't know what we were going to do, but it turned out that she got out there with Nicole, and the very, right before she, he passed before you got there. But... But I think
1: I think without family, you know, you all of a sudden have to make family with the community that that you're in. Yeah. And we began early on meeting with seven couples that became your uncles and your aunts.
2: Mm -hmm. Toby and Amanda just prayed
1: and walked through life, did a lot of life together, and um. Yeah, I
0: was I was actually going to ask because we you were telling us this story a while a few months ago. I remember. But uh, I'd I'd love to hear how the prayer group that you guys still meet with and go on retreats with, how that began. Because I think that's something that um, a lot of um, Christian couples, um, especially the younger ones, are looking for. Like I feel like we've been looking for those life friends that we can talk about deep hurts, pains, but also encourage each other in the Word and... To be on the same level yeah. and for you guys to find that pretty early on was pretty Within essential. Months,
2: really? I mean, mm-hmm.
1: months? months that we got But well, Yeah, it began That's with crazy.
2: Michael and Debbie. And, and they but it also, was,
1: was, also it was suffering. Yeah. One of their good friends had just lost a baby.
0: And that was the Lees, Lees. right? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And we were all at a dinner downtown Franklin. It was Choice the Lees,
2: which is now 55. It
1: was Lees, mm-hmm. it was Smith's. Harris's. Harris's.
2: Glincers.
1: Yeah, it was Glincer's. I don't think the Todd's or the Dion's are in it yet. No, they came in later. And we were all sitting there just crying over this loss and mm-hmm. realizing that we needed to pray for each other. So we prayed in the... In right on the, the street. Right on the street of Franklin. Main Street. Main Street. Mm-hmm. We all gathered in a circle and we prayed over Carol Ann. And we began this thing that we thought, well... If we can pray for each other, at least we can we have somewhere to put all this pain, and we can trust God with it. And we decided then, which was only months after we had gotten here, that we would try to meet and pray for each other. And so we came up with let's just try once a week, and we did, and we've been doing that ever since we got here. We just met the other day right here in this room. Mm -hmm. What about the restoration? Restoration? Yes. The same same restaurant. That night after we prayed after Caroline lost her baby, we looked up and there was two of those I've never seen them ever again. It's like when the police have those yellow tapes Mm -hmm. where you know it's like it says caution or something. It had two signs and it said restoration on one and it crossed over and it said restoration. There were two signs. And we looked at it and we said, You're gonna have twins. (laughs) We just prayed. You're going to have twins. And literally, she got pregnant with Jacob and Caleb mm-hmm. the next time. That's so crazy.
2: And the hard part was mom was pregnant. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. mom went on to full term. Carolyn lost the baby. Mm-hmm. Then she had twins.
1: Mm-hmm. And she
2: had lost five.
1: Yeah. She lost yeah. a lot of babies. But,
2: and then she, then they went through, she died early. She died at 40. Mm-hmm. Then that uh, Bill was alone. His daughter tried to take her life. Mm-hmm. I mean
1: it was sucks. like one
2: can't, can't escape pain one if
1: thing after another. Yeah, but yeah. we, I will say about the prayer group is that it's been a lifeline for us
2: mm-hmm. it's yeah, I don't think our... we'd be together as a couple if it weren't for people that we had to be gut honest with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: so we do a retreat once a year we've been doing that well since Danielle was a baby because I remember mm-hmm. Smitty calling and mm-hmm. saying you have to come I said I just had a baby bring her <laughs> So we got they, her if we
2: couldn't afford it, they would buy our ticket. Yeah.
1: Oh, well, we can't afford it. Well, we got your tickets. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So we take Danielle, who's two weeks old, and we always go to Colorado. Take Danielle, and, and I'll never forget. They're games. like, let's go skiing. And I was like, I want to ski so bad. But I just had a baby. And Linda Dion goes, I'll watch her. Um. And she watched Danielle, and she watched Emily Smith.
2: Oh my gosh. See, our kids kind of Emily and
1: and, and, and so we're skiing Having a party blast And I'm at the top of the mountain And I all of a sudden feel like Oh my gosh Danielle needs to eat Right now And I'm like oh no I'm at the top of the mountain So you know you just get this feeling and so I'm, I'm like zooming down like cutting in and out Getting all the way to the cabin And I get there and I see Debbie Smith In the corner with Danielle <laughs> Sorry and she no just way. fed her, and I'm like, no! What am I gonna do?
0: Oh my gosh! And
1: Danielle was like so happy. <laughs> she was like, "Hey, mom!" That's so I was dying, yeah. and so I always teased Danielle that she was she was nursed by Debbie Smith.
0: Oh, that's great! So you know you know they're good. That's friends. a close group, we're, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we're already making jokes with my best sister, Becca. You can just swap them around. She's about to have her baby. Yeah. yeah. Just like, hey, you, you want to bring it want to here? hold the kid, <laughs> take care of the kids for a while. Um, that's really sweet. And so, you guys established the prayer group, and then I'm really, I Mary Beth and I were talking about this because you guys had a board meeting recently, I've had a couple recently, mm-hmm. and we're just curious how that formed. Because I mean, this is the early stages of your ministry mm-hmm. and to get a board is like well now you're going to be not only do you have spiritually uh, spiritual accountability with your prayer group but now you're going to have
1: mm-hmm.
0: people that are you know encouraging you with what you've chosen to be your jobs mm-hmm. um, but also keeping you accountable with that how, so how did those people come together which there's still mm-hmm. i would love to get some of them in next time That'd be awesome. they're in what? town but
1: you're still working at the tile company what's that where you left off right when did you leave the
2: tile company completely? Oh, yeah, because I still had the tile to company going. But, you know, Michael Smith stood at that kitchen there, and he goes, he told me right to my face. He's, you know, I backed to the sink, and he goes, if you moved here for no other reason than for me, he says, I believe God sent you here
0: to mm-hmm.
2: hold us accountable. So Michael was really instrumental. And then Dan Pitts came along who he was just starting to... He was Fresh close with the D.C. Talk guys, but he wasn't but he wasn't um, their manager yet. He lived in Pennsylvania, was moving here. I'll never forget, we met at a, an event at Christ Community, and he came up to me and we shared our vision. He goes, oh my gosh, we have the exact same vision. He had prayed, and, and his dad was part of the Fellowship International, which is the prayer breakfast in D.C. His dad's a congressman. And so he was raised around... The same vision, but amongst uh, world leaders, political leaders. So the vision was, when he took me the first time, I go, Dan, this is what we feel for artists, the influencers of the country. Just love them. Don't ask anything from them. And the big joke is that, you know, much like artists, they go, and what do you want again? (laughs) <laughs> and it's so refreshing was a politician or an artist influenced culture that you don't want anything you're there to give mm-hmm. and you hope eventually they understand that you workers you know work higher, worthy hire and they support but that was never our aim our aim was to to, to owe man and no man anything except to love him and to do it so dan had the same vision so he came along and we I'll never In 1990 we went down and got our pr ministries uh Mm Incorporation, and and then the way that we put together our five hundred one C three was my lawyer of my business in California, Rich Jin, is solid believer, still in my life today, and he's part of our board of ops operatives. And a guy at Reunion Records kind of worked it out together, helped me go before the IRS, and that's how we got our five hundred one C three.
1: Our first board meeting was in 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 Michael Smith's
2: office. And it was me, Rick Byrne, who we had met in Israel when I, when Smitty took us to Israel. Mm-hmm. He goes, do you, do you gentlemen know what a board does? <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> so Rick's still on our board, and he is such a sweetheart. He, but you know he holds us accountable. Yeah. You know? But
1: I, I want you to tell them how we got the, the name PR ministry.
2: Well, I was out with Striper back in the day, and I lived in L.A., and I went to the first tour I went on was... Dallas, San Antonio, Corpus Christi, Houston, and all these different cities. And I, you know, I mean, I came right out of rock and roll, and I'm wearing this bright green jacket and, you know, wrestling shoes. Still, you know, still coming into (laughs) my identity as a rock and roll. And I had all these pins on me. One of them said Born in Bozo which I thought was cool. I always wanted to to start conversations. So this guy from the Dallas, big Dallas paper goes, so what is it you do with the band? Because I was raving about the band and just, you know, God's going to really use this band. And I I go, he goes, are you PR? I go, exactly. Preaching, proclaiming the resurrection. Uh, And so fast forward, when we're working with DC Talk, we're in Adrian, Michigan. John McGuire, who's now on our board, who lives up in Adrian, says... You know, in observing your life, I'd say PR more stands for pursuing relationship.
1: That
2: mm-hmm. you pursue people in a relationship because of your relationship with God and you challenge them to being... Re- and then we come across Second Corinthians 5, be reconciled to God and so be reconciled to one another. Mm-hmm. But that's the foundation, I believe, of our life and of ministry. And that's how we got the name PR. Yeah. But it really does come down to... That God said, if you've been reconciled. So, that being said, imagine where we've been hit in relationships.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah. what, yeah, that's what life's about. I think that's where meeting the people that have encountered your ministry it um, makes the most sense when they hear, when they are telling me about why they love you guys. It's because you guys care about them. Wow. It's about the people and
2: um the well that's kind of interesting just from a standpoint of what our home has become in this mm-hmm. season and you said michael that now more people will be coming to you and not that we won't travel we do but we hosted a guitar players <laughs> a man i mean a me without use manager and mm-hmm. his wife about three weeks ago two weeks after that we hosted mike weiss the guitar's his mother-in-law, Sarah's mom. Mm -hmm. And we go on this DC Talk reunion cruise and we come back and all of Tim Otley and his family will be staying with us. We manage Blindside and POD Mm -hmm. with Tim Cook. So So it it really is what you prophetically spoke. An
1: Airbnb for PR.
0: I mean, I think that's a, that's a great next step for your ministry because that's I mean, you guys just naturally do that anyways. Um, I don't think it would be Airbnb like you have to pay to stay here, but mm, I think it would be right. cool to have people backing a vision of making this home, a a retreat for people that are either on tour or, um, oh, we just want stopping stage, it yeah. to be
1: a safe place for people to be real. Yeah. yeah. You know, cause anyone can open their home and anyone can cook a meal and sit and chat, but it's been really, um, humbling all of our our married lives that people find a safe place here mm. and we've had people who are, have struggled with depression lay on that couch in there for three four days and you would know them well oh. in the music industry
2: yeah and there's several of them word.
1: several yeah. of them that just could not that couldn't han- handle the pressures and the and the uh torment of just where their mind goes and they just sit here and you know share their hearts with daddy or you know, lay on the couch and we just let him. lay. And little did we know
2: that would prepare us for some of the battles we've been through with depression. Right?
0: How's your pillow, Dad?
2: So <laughs> so this one guy comes and stays, lays on our couch forever and he ends up when we go through depression he said, you know, this is a great line. He goes, you know, just, he had a word for someone. He said, just tell him I know what it's like the mystery of God is not to be solved. It's to be embraced. I tried solving it, and I ended in a black hole. Mm. And that's where really people get stuck. Because you can be brilliant and be so miserable because you're trying to explain God to himself.
1: Or you can be creative. And, Dan-
2: and your brother Same Jonathan thing. said it mm-hmm. so well when he said, Dad, you know, the problem with, I see with Christianity is so many Christians have all the answers but no questions. How magnificent and wondrous and how big is God when he can fit in your brain? Mm-hmm. and they just look just like us and who would want to serve a God that small you know? I think
0: that's one of the greatest parts of the Psalms what I love and why it's um, so important to have music in mm-hmm. your life is because it always points to something bigger than
1: yeah.
0: you or the, even the universe you live in and, and it's when it's yourself. yeah you just hear David contemplating like how do how do we exist and how did these rivers and mountains form and and how, Michael that's
2: what yeah. you are you're a good songwriter uh, but the thing that I love about your songs you don't do it for money you just tell a story and I think you keep telling the stories you don't need to make money from it because be nice those, if you what, what's going to be a surprise in heaven I told this to an artist the other day and the guy looked out. I said, you know, all that money you've argued for. I wrote the first course and the second verse. And, you know, I get writers. I get publishing. Mm -hmm. I said, the big zero in heaven. (laughs) But the songs that nobody's ever heard yet, that maybe never made it, they're going to be sung. I'm telling you, man, David knew who he was writing for. Mm -hmm. And the first king, the first godly king, a man after God's heart, was first of all a shepherd, served his father as an obscure man and a songwriter he was a creative and he was a warrior mm. what does it say in zephaniah 317 that god will comfort you with his love right god mm. is a warrior he'll comfort you with his love and he'll sing songs over you three things
1: that's god's awesome. a
2: warrior he's strong he's a nurturer like a mother and, uh, a tender god but he sings songs over you mm, cool. zephaniah
0: 317 I'm i think you, i think that's uh, Yeah, the cool thing about true art is a response to the hurt, the pain, but also the awe and majesty. Mm I was just thinking about songs that last ages, and Amazing Grace is Mm -hmm. one that, you know, I think everyone knows, Mm -hmm. uh, at least in, I mean, the majority in Western America Mm -hmm. or Western civilization uh, but it's it was a response to Slavery. to losing a guy losing his family in a right. shipwreck, right? Mm,
1: right, right? It as well
0: with my soul. Oh, what was Amazing Grace?
2: Slavery, right? Slavery. Yeah, but he did right. lose his whole family. Oh, he did. Yeah. Okay, well, I please, might I might have completely might well maybe that.
0: maybe before I make that statement, but I think yeah, a lot of those hymns and songs that have lasted the age are a response. To yeah. uh, true trials and yearning for a God that can save them from those things, mm. um, but um,
1: yeah.
2: well, I, I, I quoted your brother, but I want to quote you and, and Mama. <laughs> I want that have this desire. We want to write down all these quotes from our kids, much like when you go the first steps and the first, because you guys have all ministered to us. Again, here you are. Um, this is what's so crazy. Don't take yourself so serious, because if you listen to a child, he'll tell you more. Mm-hmm. Um, when I just got to go to that thing where Paul Young spoke at the Shack, I'm there with this guy who has a ministry in Africa. You would probably know. Anyway, his son was was went to school in Kenya and talked about it. Five years old, he met Nelson Mandela. Right after Nelson Mandela got out of prison.
0: Oh, wow. He,
2: and he just confirmed what I felt about Nelson Mandela. Here's this man who's been in prison, obscure, forgotten. He said the first thing Nelson would do is go to the children.
0: Mm.
2: He goes, and he, he said to me, I'm so sorry you had to be at this boring meeting.
0: <laughs>
2: you see, if you take yourself serious, you lose the childlike wonder. And like Jonathan said about the wonder of God, may we never lose the wonder. But you told me something, Michael, that I'll never forget when someone hurt me so deep. And you put your arm around me and you said, Daddy, no one defines you but God. And I'll never forget that moment that God was speaking oracles through my children all the time. And when you were little, you kids would speak. Jordan, one time I went and said, Mommy won't forgive me. I said, yeah, and I forgave her. Jordan said, Daddy, you don't ever give forgiveness to get it. You mm. just give it because you got it. Wow. Well, so Danielle constantly <laughs> yeah. would, would say stuff that was so funny. And remind me about his peace.
0: And she also was uh, convinced that she was giving, baptizing herself in the, oh, yeah. in the pool by doing a flip. She did a flip yeah. baptism. She, she
1: was good. She said she didn't need dad to baptize her. She, she just already a, did that a flip in baptize. <laughs> in the flip and the baptize. Oh, man. Makes sense.
0: Well, we got to the establishment of. Being here in Tennessee and having a prayer group and a board, um, and I think that that was probably good for this time. And I, I'm trying to think what we want to do from here on out. If we want to like center it on different topics, I might I might ask you guys yeah. about about marriage and what that was like, um, and like you know different different themes about things that we've gone through and, uh, that you've dealt with in the ministry. But, um, yeah, I'm going to be praying for you guys as you guys leave Monday for Florida and then going on that cruise.
2: DC Talk reunion, which is amazing. We're meeting with you today and last night, Lori Anderson's birthday and in a room with only 12 people celebrating her who's managed Toby and DC Talk for his whole career And you realize that God set you in family. And this is what it's really about, guys. God set you in relationships. And if you don't have people, I told you it's the day before you got married, that if you don't have people your own age that you can be real with, you'll never survive. Mm -hmm. You'll never survive in marriage. If you don't have people younger that you're mentoring and people older, like the Burns or Murray and Ann Severance or or, Barbara Smith and Paul Smith, people that are ahead of you, you won't survive. Mm-hmm. You need people that share the truth and truths. And then as you have kids, as was said to me by Rick Marshall, my mentor said, Guido, you have to have people in your life that will reinvest in your children, the values you have. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't lend your children to other people, they'll never hear it reinforced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll hear it through other people what you said they will may never give credit to the fact that you spoke it. But, you know, the old saying is, it's amazing how much work gets done when you don't care who gets the credit. Mm. And so you just have these relationships. It's all about relationship.
0: Yeah, and I think that um, was shown in how you guys formed your community here and um, how that resulted in the next generation. Because I remember, you know, when you guys were having prayer meetings or dinners or whatever, we'd all be babysitting that together so <laughs> I remember being with like the Heimermans and the Smiths yeah, and uh, occasionally the Hughes, and you know just people in the community that you created and then go going fast forwarding to a few years ago when uh, I was sitting with Brandon Harris and Garrett Miller and Tyler Smith and then we were, we were like thinking about it the community that we had started to connect with was one that was a, a seed sown by you guys mm. when yeah. you guys moved here and um yeah i want i want to definitely invest in that
2: one thing that mom should share when you ask about the prayer group it just hit me when you said that that Anne severance and pat high and who else from belmont all those women remember can you mm-hmm. tell them that about when you went to that group and what you said you wanted you wanted to be a part of their group you remember? Oh, that and was I, an older
1: oh, yeah. Yeah, older people generation. Older that. that was how we just decided then that we wanted what they had. They were doing the same thing. And mm-hmm. they still meet on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we do go no, over Anto's there. Wife, call, they, they're the little sisters and we're the baby sisters. or something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and they said they wanted to be part of their group. And they go, no, you go start your own group. Mm-hmm. That's great. And that's what we're telling you guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you have to have people and relationship that you can be real with. You know, it's, yeah it's
0: not, it's not just a ministry it's a life you gotta you gotta live what you're, you're preaching I think uh, you guys are doing that really well.
2: yeah, you're gonna fail at it let me tell you mom had a great line to me I was really feeling discouraged about speaking even on this cruise because of uh, the place we're at with uh, someone anyway just you, and she, I go honey I really feel like I, I have to get it right she goes and this was confirmed by a, a pastor mentor of my life. They both said the same thing. You can't have relationship with people who don't want relationship. Mm -hmm. So make sure that when you hear that we're saying it's all about relationship and there are people you may be in relationship with. But if they don't want relationship and you go to reconcile, live at peace as much as depends on you live at peace with them and Mm -hmm. release them because they have a free will.
0: And there's seasons too. Because sometimes you're not called to be in relationship in a certain season. And that's, As someone who grew up under your tutelage, (laughs) that's something that was hard to learn, was like, I really like being friends with this person, but I don't, it doesn't feel like it's that season to Mm, be, because God's working on different things in 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 each of our lives. So, um, yeah, well, I love you guys and thank you so much for, again,
2: I want to close with this word. Okay.
0: Okay, Yeah. (laughs)
2: And then, yeah, I think that will be good. Okay. Yeah, you just... But this is for you guys. Okay. This is for your generation and for what you have. We read this yesterday. And I, what I, one of the things I love about your mom, I told her this before it happened. I go, honey, you know what I love when you read the Word or if I read to you and it washes over you? Because I dreamed about having a woman as a single man getting to what you said this morning, how you were thinking about Mary Beth and how you prayed for her. And it it is the truth. No one can have what God has for you. If we would start living like that, we'd be expectant and joyful. But we always are looking at other people. Why do they have that? Why do they have that? And yet you're unique. You're the best you that you'll ever be. And mommy would... I always just loved reading the word over. And, mm-hmm. and you go through different stages where it's got to be different. But yesterday I said, honey, I just love reading the word to you. And I'm reading from <laughs> daily life. <laughs> and because you pick up nuggets, like I'm reading just volumes, right? And she goes, reread that. And it was basically take the precious from the vial and I will give you a mouth to speak. Mm. And listen to it in context.
1: Well,
2: if if, you, if take you take the precious. From the vial. But I want to read in context. So Jeremiah is complaining to the Lord. Well, it's not fair. Now, mind you, Jeremiah is one of my favorite guys and Joseph. And then I think of my life. What was Joseph? Cast off from his own family, thrown into a pit. Where's Jeremiah? 52 years preaching and no one heard. So he says, then I said, Lord, you know what's happening to me. Please step in and help me. Punish my persecutors. Please give me time. Don't let me die young. It's for your sake that I'm suffering. (laughs) <laughs> when I've discovered your words, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name. O oh Lord, God of heaven's armies, I never joined in their partying, in their merry feast. I sat alone because your hand was on me. I was filled with indignation at their sins. Why then does my suffering continue? Why am I persecuted? Why is my wound so incurable? Your, your help seems as uncertain as a seasonal brook, like a spring that's gone dry. The Lord responds. This is how the Lord responds. If you return to me, Michael, I'll restore you. He's listening to the complaint and he says, listen, you're so far off track. This is not your suffering. This is my suffering. Hmm. I will restore you so you can continue to serve me. If you speak good words, if you take the precious... Rather than the vile. If you speak good words. Rather than worthless ones. You'll be my spokesman. I will give you a mouth. Mm -hmm. But you must influence them. Don't let them influence you. They will fight against you. Like an attacking army. But I'll make you as secure as a fortified wall of bronze. They will not conquer you. For I am with you Michael. And Mary Beth. To protect and rescue you. I the Lord have spoken. Yes I will certainly keep you safe. From these wicked men, I will rescue hmm. you from the cruel cool hand. If you take the precious from the vial,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but you have to read it in context. Mm-hmm. He was complaining.
0: Well, God's, God's got your back, guys, and we're going to be praying for you and uh, do. this uh, reunion and uh, your time, not only to speak the words that God gives you, but also be able to relax and to enjoy his goodness. And Love you, we'll see. we'll Derek. catch up when you get
2: back. Thank you for doing this, Michael. Love Thank you guys. It. Thanks
1: very bad for sharing your man.
2: Love you all.